Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Ally Live. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, and it is so freaking humid in New York City. How is it over there, Jonathan, where you are? Um, so I ran this morning and it was 65 degrees, but now it's 95. So um, it's hot, but fortunately, there's no humidity. I just moved to Boulder from uh, Boston and uh, it is way nicer here without the humidity. I got to say, I'm super jealous. Colorado is my favorite state. Actually, second. Wow. Boulder, what a place to be. Yes. Uh, But before we dive into the podcast, uh, for all of you listeners on here, I hope you subscribe to the show. If you haven't, click the subscribe button um, at the end of this episode, uh, where I'll be sharing everything about the show, um, a little bit about Jonathan, Inside Tracker, all in the show notes, and this will be up across all hosts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And I just am so excited to dive into this week's podcast with um, our friend Jonathan Levitt here, who is a trail runner. And correct me if I'm wrong about anything. Um, you are an ultra runner. I've dabbled, so, yes. Yeah, I know. And now you're in Boulder, Colorado, which is awesome and perfect for trail running. And you work for Inside Tracker. That is all correct. Yes. Yeah. So you've got to love customized programming. You have I do. I do. My, my life is about customization. Um, I, you know, work with a coach, work with a coach, work for inside tracker. Um, we're all so unique and we should be treated as such. I love that. And so let's talk a little bit about that today. Um, but first I'd love for you to kind of formally introduce yourself to the audience, tell us what you're, you know, all about and a little bit about Inside Tracker. Sure. So my my start to running happened in 2013 um, around the Boston Marathon. And I saw all these people, I was watching from Wellesley, so the halfway point, and I saw all these people running a marathon, different shapes and sizes and uh, ages and all this stuff. And I was, you know, a cocky 22-year-old at the time. So I said, if they can run a marathon, I can run a marathon. It, it wasn't that easy, but that was basically how I, how I got into running. And as I continued um, with what I do for work and for fun, I sort of fell off the deep end or fell into the deep end um, and now just really love all things running. So when you say you fell off 
Like, what, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, so I'm going to Western States this weekend, a hundred miler. Um, I'd like to do that someday. Uh, I told Sally McRae, who is a, a pro ultra runner. Uh, we were standing on the start line um, in 2018. And I was like, um, she asked me, oh, are you going to do this one day? And I told her, yes. Um, so that's not a short term goal, but definitely, you know, five years away, 10 years away, something like that. Um, I'd like to do it for as long as I can and um, just like build up in terms of distance and um, adventure and um, do it in a really sustainable way to, to get to that hundred mile distance. But uh, I have a lot of friends who run really long distances. Um, I'm pacing a friend in a hundred mile race next month. Uh, I might run 30 miles with her. I might run 40 miles with her. I don't really know. Um, the race has a cutoff of 50 hours, so I won't be going longer than that. But um, I did the Grand Canyon two years ago. That was a, a 45 mile day. So Tommy it's it's R two R two R. Yes. Um, wow. So I just talk to me about that because I have a runner running that. Yeah, it was the coolest experience to stand on the North Rim and look at the South Rim and be like, I came from there. Now I'm going to go back there. Um, because my longest time on feet prior to that was a 50K that took me about um, seven hours in Tahoe. And I got to the North Rim in about seven hours. And so I was like, wow, I'm going to run, you know, this this distance again or this time again um and it was it was the coolest thing i've ever done but it was also the hardest thing i've ever done wow if there was like one piece of advice you could give to any of our listeners what would it be for that race so for something like that um i started recording video of myself at like 40 miles in and i was like totally delirious and this was like i don't know 12 hours, 11 hours into this adventure. And I was just like, like blabbering to my phone because I was, I was so delirious. And I was like, um, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but I was like, just keep, keep going, keep fucking going. There's nothing else to do, but just keep going. And I was saying this to myself as I was climbing the 10 K climb so you have like a six mile climb out and it's entirely uphill it's five thousand feet of or six thousand feet of gain and the the alternative is what getting a helicopter to pick you up and take you out like you don't have another option but to continue putting one step in front of the other and like that's true in any scenario in life right like the only option is to keep moving forward and in this case, it was very literal. It was like, I either live there now or I just keep, you know, keep moving forward. I think it's so interesting, like the mindset that you have to have as an ultra runner and just like, you've got to be changed as a person after really experiencing something like that. Like if I had to guess, I have not, <laughs> and I admire that. Um, you know, I, a recent goal of mine that's been going through my head in life, not anytime soon is doing, um, I can't believe I'm saying this. I just... I keep looking at it. Um, the Leadville race series and that like, it's cause it looks superhuman. It just looks so bad yeah. in a different way. You yeah. Know, so that's like, you know, racing a marathon. Right. And so the cool thing that I think is different with ultras is that anybody can run 
a marathon. I, I wholeheartedly believe that if anybody chooses to run a marathon, they can, they can achieve it. I don't think that that's the case with some of these longer ultras. I don't think that you can just physically train yourself enough to do it. I think that you have to mentally train yourself enough to do it as well. And I don't think everybody's capable of that. And, and so I think you can become capable of that, but I don't think that a hundred percent of people can go out tomorrow and travel hundred miles by foot or 50 miles by foot. But I think that the majority of people listening, if they really wanted to, could tomorrow go out and travel the distance of a marathon. Now racing a marathon is a totally different, a totally different ballgame. Again, I don't think, I think that you have to put a lot of effort into being prepared to race a marathon, um, which is a different beast. And same thing with a 5k, like, if you race a 5k, a 5k can be harder than running a marathon. Um, so it's, but it's the, it's the kind of thing where, like you said, it does change you. And I finished, I finished that last climb out and I was like, Oh my God, I can do anything. Like Literally I can do anything after I accomplished that. I didn't, at some point I was like, what am I going to do? This sucks. <laughs> like, I don't want to keep moving. And, and I had like another hour to go or two hours to go. And so it's just this fascinating experience of like overcoming the mental hurdle of you simply don't have another option, but to keep moving forward now in a, in a, in any scenario, there's usually an out and there's usually a like, Oh, I can drop here. And sometimes you have to, you know, go another five miles or whatever, but it was really unique to be in this scenario where your options are either keep moving or get a $15,000 ride out. Wow. And, you know, for all the aspiring runners listening on here, I mean, Jonathan said it himself. I believe this too. A lot of people can run a marathon and ultra is a different beast. However, I find that all runners have to kind of go through this mental push regardless of the distance in a different way. And I love that you brought up like, you know, a 5k could be harder than a marathon. Absolutely. It depends on what your goal is. Is it to finish? Is it to race? Everyone's different. Um, which brings me to, and I'm so excited to talk about this because in specifically in distance running customization is everything. I, I know, you know that. And the longer the distance, I feel like that gets more customized or the need for that is for sure. The demand is higher. So without many realizing it. So why don't you um, tell us about, you know, how you kind of train for this race, um, how inside tracker plays a role also. So as I go longer in distance or attempting to go faster in the marathon, for example, um, it comes down to just like, how do I get as fit as possible while not going too far? And so I've been working with the same coach for three years, David Roche. And we've oh, wow, had that's your coach. That's yeah. really cool. He, and today is his birthday. So happy birthday, David. Happy um, birthday to him. <laughs> so um, we started working together and I just like kept hitting breakthroughs and I kept having these like mental unblockings of like, I wanted to break three and it took me four years to do it. And I broke three and he's like, all right, now let's talk two forties. I was like, wait a minute. That's you just my like, goal. You said you took my goal, Jonathan. yeah, it's a great goal. And then, and then this past spring, I had uh, a breakthrough workout. I ran it with Kara Goucher 
And so I ran the workout just like out of my mind. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm leading Kara Goucher in this workout. And so I finished the workout and Dave was like, screw the two forties. Let's talk two thirties. <laughs> I was like, you're nuts. Oh my um, but it's, it's the, the personalization of, we now have three years of data of like the types of workouts that work well for me and the types of workouts that don't work well for me. And so he gives me a lot of short reps with lots of work, but it's usually only over a 30 minute period with a three mile warm up and cool down. And I know if I'm, if I'm getting a, a 95 minute duration workout that that's a big day. Um, and that's, you know, 12, 12 ish miles of, of, uh, that workout. And so we've, we've, the biggest change with that has been stacking a medium long run after a long run. And I've responded really well to that. So two weekends ago I did 18 and 12. And if you told me I I was going to run 30 miles in a weekend, five years ago, I would have said, you're absolutely nuts. And so these days I'm running weekend mileage that used to be my like normal mileage. And I'm just like excited about like what happens next? What happens when like a 30 mile weekend doesn't seem big anymore? <laughs> and like, what, what, what does normal look like then? Is it, are we doing 80 mile weeks and 40 mile weekends? Like where's the limit? So for me, it comes down to, I've put in this past year and a half, particularly the year with um with no racing like a, just like a hearty block of training with very minimal interruption from injury and the secret to running is just don't get injured and be consistent like there's nothing secret about how to improve the secret is stay healthy and and stay consistent how do you stay healthy and stay consistent you do the things that your body needs right you eat you sleep you recover and train. And so I spent two, I spent two months in Breckenridge, Colorado over the winter. Ooh, okay. So we're living at 10,000 feet for two months. And the cool thing about being at high altitude is that if you screw up the easy things, you're screwed because you won't recover. You'll be exhausted and your body will break. And so the feedback loop of doing the common uncommonly well is fantastic, right? If you do what you need, you progress. 10,000 feet sucks, but if you, if you sleep, if you eat, and if you move, you, you stay healthy and you, you improve. And so this experience for me reaffirmed like those three pillars of um, eat, sleep, move being like, forget everything else, forget all the fancy recovery tools, forget all the supplements, forget literally everything else besides the fundamentals and give your body what it needs. So I have the privilege of working for Insight Tracker and I can use Insight Tracker. And what we do is provide this personalized insight into what your body needs based on who you are, what your goals are, and um, all of the demographics that make you unique. So everything plays a factor. And the output is essentially do this. So eat this, food three times a week, take this supplement twice a week. I have the supplements here that my body needs. Um, I'm not taking supplements because I saw it on Instagram and, you know, chose to take a supplement because my favorite runner takes the supplement. 
So I spent, I spent the winter training at high altitude, sleeping enough, eating enough and giving my body what it needed. And then I came to Boulder, which is still 5,000 feet. And I felt like a superhuman because I skyrocketed with uh, the metrics that are impacted by altitude. Apparently I'm a strong responder to altitude and um, I decreased the volume of run training to account for the additional stress of like trying to survive at 10,000 right. feet. Right. And, and instead I did lower impact additional cardio of um, mostly skiing and hiking. And the cool thing at 10,000 feet is you can hike and keep your heart rate at what would be an easy pace on the East coast, Yeah, which, which is wild. So, so this experience for me just like nailed or reaffirmed everything that I knew to be true, which is again, do the common uncommonly well and give your body what it needs and forget literally everything else. Yeah. I love that. You know, over COVID, I, um, one of my clients is from Breckenridge, actually Frisco, Colorado. So I'm, I've had the opportunity and the challenge to train her virtually here and learn all about altitude training and, you know, definitely like had a lot of research to do and just a lot of networking to do with all these doctors and specialists in that area. And then I went to Utah and like ran the Beaver Utah marathon with her, um, this past winter and, um, she crushed it. Um, I ran the last few miles, um, for her. I ran the first four miles with my other runner that was also, you know, with us, it was kind of like a fun get together in COVID, which is, uh, we were safe, but you know, it was a nice getaway like out and being up at 9,000 feet. I'm telling you, I adapt well to altitude training. I didn't know that. And I also didn't know, like I was going to get out of the car coming from like New York and try to go, you know, not all out, but like just run. And I was like, when I tried to do that, I was like, oh my God, I need, <laughs> I need to stop for a sec. Hold on. Let me adjust. Okay. Well, this is different. Like, you know, my body needed a second. And I was surprised. Cause like within five minutes, I, I like acclimatized somehow to being able to just move a little, but to, to your point, my heart rate was pretty high. I wasn't, I was going at like, you know, 11 minute mile pace. Like that was high, you know? I like, mean the wild, the wild thing up there. Like, yeah. Easy pace. Like, yeah. The wild so thing up there is it's crazy, right? Like I would, I would be putting my pants on and like get winded from putting my pants on and then like go run 12 miles. And it's like, this is bizarre to, uh, to experience like that type of, um, that type of feeling. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like with inside tracker, you know, um, I still have yet to get my blood work done. I'm terrified of needles, but I'm being a girl, good girl and sucking it up because I got to. And also it helps drive anyone's training. My coach, um, Jason Carp, you know, asked to actually see my biomarkers. He, you know, he wants to look at my ferritin levels. You know, I tend to, you know, have low iron, um, especially when I'm like training for something long distance. And I've never truly like, like, of course I go to the doctor, blah, 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 but they, you know, I never, speaking of Roy, I've never, like he was telling me how hard it is to get that from a doctor. And right. it's funny because I've never asked, but I should ask about those things. But now I have inside tracker and I can't wait to just see that and how it could really affect my training to like the benefit of my training. Yeah. Optimize. Yeah. I mean, the wild thing is that 
if you go to your doctor and you ask for this test to be run or you ask for a comprehensive test, they'll say, no, you're healthy. You don't need all of this. Meanwhile, your ferritin level could be 12, which is technically healthy, but it's healthy for a sedentary person. And if you're trying to run a marathon, a ferritin level of 12, which is technically fine, would cause you to be exhausted. Now, if you complain about being exhausted, as many women will do to their doctor, get a ferritin test and it comes back 12 or 13 or 14 or whatever, the doctor will just say run less. And they'll give you this guidance that's that's like so cookie cutter because again, doctors are not trained in nutrition. They're not they're not personalizing diets and they're not personalizing optimal ranges for the needs of the, the physiological needs of a of a person trying to do cool stuff like run. Uh, they're just trying to make sure you're not sick, and they're trying to make sure that you know that level is not a nine. But but if you're, you know, three points lower, then they say, oh, this might be a problem. But that's the threshold. And same thing with vitamin D and testosterone and inflammation, all these things that the majority of us are not at risk for. But the point is, it's less about being at risk and more about how do we optimize and how do we actually improve? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's why I, you know, I can't wait to get those results and share this with my runners because I'm all about customization as a coach. Um, I really just truly believe that it could really help someone to like reach another level that they wouldn't be able to without that. Totally. Especially in today's day and age. So, um, so yeah, moving along. Um, why did you say yes to being on the run with Ali live podcast? Um, I love talking. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. And I love the opportunity to connect with, with other podcasters. I have my own podcast. So I'm curious, why do you have a podcast? That's a good question. I love engaging different people in the running community, whatever they do within it. Um, even if they're an aspiring runner, it doesn't really matter. I love talking about running and I love hearing other people that are as passionate as I am about, you know, helping people to run or about the sport just on the show. I could talk about it all day. Literally all day. Same. Yeah. So I'm um, really happy that you were, you know, you're on because you're one of those people. Very cool. Yeah. I, I um, uh, so I've been doing my own podcast and somebody asked me, um, it was Kevin Rutherford, the CEO of noon. He asked me at the end of our chat, he said, why, why do you have your, why do you do this? And I was like running or podcasting? He said, no podcasting. And so my answer with, with him was, um, we talked about things today that we talked about things on that episode that were going to cause how I would behave to change that day. And I was like, and I've done this 170 times. So it's 170 like continuing educational hours that I can either just regurgitate and not, you know, take in the information or I can like literally change how I behave every single time I have a conversation and learn something um, so I love, I love connecting with other people who are putting out this type of information and, um, hear about why they're doing it. I love that. And that now I'm going to start asking people, <laughs> well, why, you know, why do you have, or even if they don't have a podcast, just ask them, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do it? Yeah. Do? Because it's a really good conversation. For sure. And people love talking about themselves and they love explaining why. And so my podcast is all about exploring the why and understanding why people do things and it's 
it's fascinating when you get somebody going about what they care most about and like people will talk for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then apologize for being long winded. It's like, no, this is good. <laughs> like this is good stuff. Yeah. You know, everyone deserves to be heard. Um, yeah. You know, I love that. I love, you know, everything that you're about and I love that you're talkative and you, you know, I don't, I appreciate all this information. It's so valuable for people to hear because they can relate or they might, you, they might be very, very inspired by you. In other words, because, you know, you didn't do easy stuff. Not, running's not easy. It's really difficult. And just, you know, these like kind of like mainstream programs being out there, it's just kind of like annoying to me personally, because that could almost hurt someone and take them out of the running game rather than like help them through it. Well, that's the thing. It's like um, Jesse Thomas on his podcast with um, Lauren Fleshman or their podcast talked about um, a plan simply being like a structure or like the skeleton of how to drive decision-making around training, right? If you follow your plan hundred percent of the time, you're either not training hard enough or you're training too hard. It's pretty much no in between. Like you're either doing one or the other, if you're following every single workout. And so the problem is that people get these cookie cutter plans that okay, maybe they won't run otherwise. And so maybe this is the motivation they need to, to actually execute on a day-to-day -day basis. But my guess is the majority of those people are doing it for, for reasons other than performance as the primary goal. But if performance is your primary goal and it's less about the fitness and the whatever, then if you follow a plan 100% of the time, either you're leaving a lot on the table or you're going to get injured. And that's like, it's not, that's not an opinion. That's like, that's a fact. Yeah. Everything needs to be customized. For okay. Someone. Maybe it is an opinion, but it's rooted in, in evidence. Yeah, no, I, I know. I just, we, we could only keep learning more, right? All of us. Right. Agreed. I, I think so. And, you know, I think that's awesome. Like with your podcast, I would love to be a guest on it. You know, I'd love to talk all the things running. Um, I looked at it. It looks awesome. Congratulations. And to everyone on the show, um, I'm going to share your podcast, Jonathan's podcast on in my show notes. So you could go check him out and subscribe. Thank you so much. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today, Jonathan. And for everyone on here, uh, this is going to be up tomorrow, the 23rd of June. And yeah, uh, you know, feel free to reach out, ask questions. And Jonathan, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks everyone for joining. You Bye. too. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Allie Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, 
even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed. Sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Alley Live. See you next time.